We've been giving attention to different aspects of meditation practice, different um, realms of experience to attend to, to meet, to explore, to generate a certain intimacy with, to get become more and more familiar with some of our habitual reactivity in different areas. Uh, to work skillfully with different views about experience that we turn, tend to crystallize around. And in attending to body and feelings, mind states, and the nature of experience generally, and in attending to all of that right here, here in this sensory theater of experience, here in this breathing body, here in this immediacy, then we're inevitably confronted with these three different areas that we spoke about last night around which the sense of self easily and habitually crystallizes. The, that area of what I want, that area of what I think, and that area of who I take myself to be. Right? Classically called clinging to desires, clinging to views, and clinging to self-existence. And clinging to self-existence. Actually, classically, that's referred to as clinging to existence and non-existence. Usual mind can only conceive in terms of there is or there isn't. It is or it isn't. Reminds me of Hamlet's existential soliloquy, right? Shakespeare's most famous line, to be or not to be? That is the question, he says, as if those seem like the only two options. And then in his torment, both options seem painful. And there's a certain truth to that. To be in this case, to identify with all the stuff of self, has us feeling friction and struggle with the stuff of self, the trying to be a self in a world. And yet, to try not to be, it also involves struggle, the struggle of rejection, um, in kind of conflict with our nature. Interestingly, when that line was translated into Japanese, and then it was translated back from Japanese by one of these auto-translation things, Google Translate or something, and it came back, so having been translated from English to Japanese and then back to English, 
It went from to be or not to be. That is the question. Right? I went to Japanese and back again. It came back as, it is or it isn't. Isn't it? <laughs> and that's what the Buddha's pointing to. Right? In this clinging to existence or non-existence. Either it is, surely it is or it isn't. But then, isn't it? The isn't it is the place of possibility to hold all of this in its ambiguity, in its just like thisness. Some ancité. Ainsi, c'est ainsi. L'incité de l'expérience. And to make room for being able to meet experience, hold experience, um, be touched by experience, in that constant, changing, ever-fresh ambiguity that can't be resist, reduced to it is, right, which solidifies things, makes them seem like they have thingness, Chose-t-il. certain chose <laughs> right? Or it isn't. Right? We end up either in the extreme of reifying or of negating. And listen to the sound of the bell. Is it something or is it nothing? Make it something, and you freeze it, you fix it, you trap it. Make it nothing, and you lose it. Maybe all of experience is like that. Maybe the one who's sitting here is like that. Make it into something, and you're trapped by it. Make it into nothing, and you lose it. And so we're invited again and again and again into what the Buddha systematically calls the middle way. Right. This a free passage through um, reifying and negating. A free passage through these two directions we spoke about yesterday. Love and wisdom. Free passage between the sense of being nothing and the sense of being everything. Free passage that has room for the limitless, manifest ways that we can experience the sense of self, the sense of reality. And the experience that arises out of those senses constantly. So here we are, bodily experience, feeling experience, 
cognitive experience, sensory experience. Here we are, tasting moments of open, free abiding. And here we are, learning how to be skillful, increasingly skillful with uh, moments of unfreeness, moments of being caught in or identified with this or that desire, this or that view, this or that self-identification. And in many ways, that's the essence really of meditation. Throughout these different realms of experience, throughout these different um, techniques, throughout the whole process of meditation, this learning to be skillful. In moments where there's a natural, open, fluid, free participation in life, that skillfulness happens by itself freely. But in those moments that don't appear as free, that's where the skill gets developed, refined, honed. And it may be that we really notice that, maybe through the week, although that may be too much of a short time scale to notice, maybe through the whole trajectory of our practice, we notice uh, that that's actually what's getting developed. It may be that the quality of our meditation practice doesn't change that much over time, actually. It may be that we start out expecting to get more concentrated, more peaceful, more luminous, more... what? More resembling the kinds of photographs we see in spiritual magazines where it's all kind of with spinning lights in our different chakras, etc. Was that your hope once upon a time? (laughs) And that actually meditation still consists to some large extent of aching body, wandering mind and bizarre (laughs) senses of self appearing and making dramas around the place. And yet, and yet, we may notice that through the trajectory of our practice an increasing skillfulness, more capacity to be attuned, more wisdom to notice when what's here is just reactivity rather than the truth of a situation. When what's here is just the story I'm telling myself. When what's here is something that I can choose whether to believe in or not. When something that's here can just be left alone, put aside. More skillfulness when the tendency is to be harsh or rejecting, more skillfulness to actually care for, be gentle with, make room for experience. Really important to notice. We don't get into this really to be good meditators, which is just as well. 
really. We get into this to know more fluidity and more freedom in our lives. Be better able to respond skillfully to our own situation and the situations we find ourselves in with others, with life. So as we practice today, just rather than fixating upon or obsessing about, which can be the um, tendency, on the quality of my meditation practice, rather than measuring how concentrated I've got, or how, um, yeah, or how peaceful I've got, or uh, how dense or light body feels, or how much presence or absence of thought there is. Maybe the, all of that measuring and evaluating our practice isn't very helpful. Maybe what's a much, much more helpful way of engaging with meditation practice rather than measuring its quality is just to see how can I be skillful with this experience and that changes moment by moment like just with bodily discomfort how can I be skillful with this bodily discomfort sometimes that's just by relaxing Sometimes it's by noticing tension and letting it soften. Sometimes it's by seeing the difference between the basic discomfort, heat, pressure, etc., and the layers of reactivity and story and contraction. Sometimes it's by consciously kind of offering ourselves care, gentleness. Sometimes it's by actually orientating our attention away from that which is painful because it's starting to just really take up too much space. And orientating our attention to something that's more soothing, gives more ease. Sometimes it might be actually opening our eyes and taking in the wide world as a reminder that my back is not the only thing in the universe. There's all of this. Sometimes a skillful response, I notice just been sitting for a long time and I've been attending to and practicing patience with that discomfort and naturally what's appropriate now is to move, to change one's posture, to stand up, to actually... Oh, give bodily life some ease. So we don't get to write the list of how to be skillful. Right? We get to develop that skill, refine that skill. And we call that practice. And so maybe that's a helpful guide for our practice today. We're just we're developing skill moment by moment. Right now we're doing that in these conditions called retreat. Right? But if we're focused on the quality of our meditation practice, then the difference between what we call retreat and what we call the rest of life might seem quite stark. Whereas if we're just focused on 
how we can be skillful with this moment, then we might see that any and every moment is the possibility for that. And that might be really a helpful orientation for the transition from this set of circumstances to any, every other set of circumstances. And of course we'll speak more about that tomorrow. So being skillful with this moment. Sometimes, whether it's the first day of retreat or a middle day or the last full day like we have today, sometimes attention is rather scattered. Going just vaguely to this and that, this and that. In that case, maybe that the skillful response is just the willingness to keep on establishing and re-establishing. Just that, developing the skill with the capacity to recognize that mind is getting fascinated by some or other story. And the, the capacity to recognize and the willingness to drop it. The willingness to leave it alone. The willingness to reestablish the recognition that you're right here. Sometimes attention is being pulled to some specific um, obsessive thing or some specific um, emotional knot or some specific reactive pattern. And of course you can leave that alone and leave that alone. You can let go and let go of that. But if it's a specific strong habit, it doesn't matter how many times you let go of it, it won't let go of you. Right? And it keeps pulling you back to the same thing. And then what's skillful may be actually making room for that, to explore. Not exploring just the story about it, but exploring the feeling underneath it. Giving yourself the opportunity to feel what is it about that that has so much grab? What is it about that um, story, that emotion, that scenario that keeps on pulling you in what are you trying to do by keep on scratching that itch and then what's skillful actually to give ourselves the the opportunity to feel into to find out about to stay with the experience enough to to kind of feel whatever associations or memories might go with it, etc. To give that that the opportunity to kind of to open up without feeding it, right through all our stories, and without fighting with it. Sometimes, as we settle, nothing particular is standing out. There's a certain, and particularly uh, after some days of practice like this, a certain bodily ease in some moments, a certain uh, spacious mind, a certain lightness of heart. Nothing is particularly pulling at the attention. 
there may be no problem to work on right now. And then what's skillful? Sometimes that's the hardest moment of all for some of us. We're so used to looking for problem, working with problem. No problem. Oh, I guess I should go back to the breath. But maybe what's skillful in that moment is to let ourselves actually feel an unproblematic abiding. The freeness and fluidity of it. And sometimes, as we just attend to the flow of experience, changing sensations, changing sounds, changing feelings, changing thoughts, we might find that as all of this moves through, what we're most struck by is just the fact that it can be known that there is this luminous knowing that we call awareness that's constantly available to experience. Maybe in that moment, for example, that what's really skillful is not being so concerned by the various objects that are appearing and disappearing, but really giving ourselves the opportunity to What's in the tradition is sometimes called turning the light of awareness around. Just to know the knowing. Explore the knowing. Let ourselves really um, allow the constant availability of awareness to come forth to naturally and freely receive and embrace whatever is here. So, I can't tell you what's skillful moment by moment. I can speak about the process of meditation, speak about techniques of meditation. I can speak about the habits of mind. We can explore together the kinds of reactivity of mind that easily comes up. And we can point to the possibilities of non-reactive mind. But it's as you sit, as you walk, as you eat, as you rest, as you meet yourself moment by moment, as you find yourself this participant in the cosmic adventure of consciousness, moment by moment, that you get to see, you get to explore, you get to find out, you get to ask yourself, what's skillful right now? And in any moment, in every moment of asking that question, in any moment of experimenting with what's skillful, in that moment we cultivate 
this skill, the capacity to live my life more fluidly, know life more fully, express our life, respond to life more freely. So, it's in this spirit that we sit here together. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.